Hello, and welcome to the Heaven Bound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Thanks for joining us today on the journey. Roger, we're talking a lot here in the life of our church family, our theme for 2022, I am his, he is mine. We'll probably peel layers off of that off and on all year long. But one of the words we want to focus on today and Lord willing next Friday is commitment. Commitment, the idea of belonging. It's the idea of being dedicated the idea of really being involved with things. And that that is what that theme is all about. I am his, he is mine, is the idea of commitment. And so what we want to do today, and then as you said next week, is we want to kind of peel some layers off on this concept of being committed to Jesus. It is the committed disciple that makes the difference. Uh, when we look at the apostles and what they went through, they were committed. They were committed to the mission that God had called them to. They were enduring, they were suffering, but they were faithful to God because they were all in 100%. They were committed. In a lot of ways, this bounces off of our discussion on Wednesday. We were talking about love, how love is a choice. Commitment is rooted in a decision, right? We remind ourselves of that when we sing as a congregation, I have decided to follow Jesus. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'll I'll never spiritually stub my toe or stumble here and there, but we sing to each other in the chorus of that hymn, no turning back. And we even repeat it, no turning back. It is commitment. And so maybe a a good way of introducing this is to think about following Jesus, get that picture in our minds, and and maybe uh, an example of someone who got himself in trouble. If you're following along and and you want to open a Bible, I'm going to read just a little from Luke chapter 22. It's actually another just bouncing off point from where we were in our Wednesday discussion. Roger, you took us back to the Garden of Gethsemane, the betrayal of Judas there, the uh, the miracle that Jesus performs in healing the ear of a servant of the high priest. Jesus gets arrested. They begin leading him back into the city. And Luke records for us in Luke 22, verse 54, these really, I think, kind of haunting words. Then they seized him. They led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following him at a distance. Now, we know that Peter has shown great commitment in the past. He will show great commitment in the future But nothing good comes from Peter following Jesus from a distance. He he wants to keep his eye on him, but he doesn't want to be too close. And that that is a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Another great example that takes us to the Gospel of John in chapter 19. The events here take place right after the death of Jesus. And here in verse 38, we read about Joseph of Arimathea. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one, 
for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take the body of Jesus, and Pilate granted permission, so he came and took away his body. There it describes him as a secret disciple. I might ask you, Jason, what's that like? What does it mean to be a secret (laughs) disciple? It sounds like a spy. It it kind of does. We've talked a lot about discipleship, really, since this past October when we had our brother Edwin Crozier come up and talk with us about that circle of discipleship and about how uh, disciples seek to honor God and share the good news of God and abide in God's word, imitating Jesus, following Jesus, right? And, and so as I get this in my mind, what John is, is describing for us, there are things that Joseph has heard Jesus say that he absolutely believes are true, despite the fact that Jesus is wildly unpopular, even hated by so many of uh, of his fellow Pharisees, but he has not yet reached the point where he is willing to say, I am his, and he is mine. He's intrigued, right? He, he believes that there is something very peculiar, uh, very special about Jesus. He, he believes that Jesus is worthy of being honored after such a horrific death. But to this point, Joseph has been unwilling to be right there at Jesus' side, whatever the cost. And, and to be a secret disciple uh, the people around you would say, well, I never knew. Yeah. I didn't know you were a believer. And the reason is he's kept it a secret. Uh, that, that really translates to us in a lot of ways. Uh, somebody would say, well, I, I didn't know you go to church. Uh, that's somebody's keeping a secret. Now, the passage tells us that Joseph did that because of fear of the Jews. What, what, is found in that concept. Yeah, I mean, that kind of gets us into a good maybe thing to explore over the course of the next few minutes. Why why would anyone choose to try and follow Jesus from a distance or, or, or keep their allegiance to Jesus secret? Joseph's example there in John chapter 19 teases up with uh, a really obvious one. I, I'm afraid. In his case, he knew that the most powerful Jews right there in Jerusalem are absolutely determined to kill Jesus, whatever they've got to do, right? Whatever compromises, whatever liars they've got to drag up in, in, in this sham of a trial, however they have to manipulate or be manipulated by the Romans, objective number one is to, to kill Jesus. So you can imagine, okay, these are my counterparts. These are the people that I live and work with. What if they find out that I believe? What might they do to me? He's afraid. And what they might do is put cross number four up there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he would be on that too. And so, so he would keep quiet. Um, and and so I think some people today, they follow Jesus at a distance. They want to keep him in sight, but they don't want to get real close to him because it's just enough to solve their conscience. And I know that uh, Jesus is right. I want to go to heaven, 
but I don't want to get all in. I just I just want to put my big toe in the water, and so I kind of keep them at a distance. And and there there I have enough religion just to make me feel okay. And that's a dangerous place to be. So you and I were just briefly chatting before we hit the record button. We hear every once in a while people say things like total commitment. And it sounds like that's what you're describing here. You know, I, I've got a little bit of a guilty conscience, or this is what my grandmama told me that I, I, I need to do. It's good to go to church every once in a while, but I'm not totally committed. Well, is there any such thing as total commitment? No, and, <laughs> and because if there's a total commitment, then there's a half commitment. Then there's a 10%. That, that, that either you're committed or you're not committed. That doesn't work in marriage. It, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I, I've met people who, who say I do, but then they want to pretend they're single. No, that doesn't happen. You, you're either in it or you're not in it. And that that doesn't work at all. And so uh, what happens is they want to follow at a distance, but it's not close enough to make any difference in their life. And because of that, their attitudes, their choices, everything about them you would be like Joseph of Arimathea. You'd be surprised. I didn't know because they've kept it a secret. Uh, I think another reason why people follow at a distance is because it's easy. Because when I get too close, I've got to start doing what Jesus says. I've got to start doing these commandments. I've got to start worshiping on a regular basis, and God expects of me. But if I keep them at a distance, I get to serve him on my terms. And I'll be there if I want to be there. I won't if I don't want to. And if I want to dabble a little bit with the sin, I'll dabble. And it's just a very comfortable place to be. I want to keep Jesus at a distance. A comfortable place, but a a devastatingly dangerous place to be. Because maybe, like you, you just hinted at, it's... I know there are things in my life, things that I'm tolerating, things that I'm allowing to grow in my heart that Jesus absolutely defines as out of bounds and dishonorable to his Father in heaven, but I'm just not sure I'm I'm interested in giving those things up yet. And so maybe, you know, I'll, I'll talk about doubts. I've got doubts. I'm not sure I believe this. And, and some good brother in Christ, someone who is a committed disciple of Jesus says, well, why don't we talk about those? Why, why don't we get our, our Bibles open and, you know, Everybody knows what it has, what it is to deal with doubt, but let's not let that linger. Well, you know, maybe, maybe eventually I'll, I'll get around to that. That that sure does sound like an excuse. It is, and uh, we hide behind "I'm busy." Right now, I'm busy. Well, who isn't busy? Who hasn't been busy? We're always busy, and we just kick that can down the road, and we keep following Jesus at a distance. And as Paul would tell the Galatians, do not deceive yourselves. We deceive ourselves. We get to thinking that I've got just enough religion in me that if I was to die, I'll go to heaven because I followed Jesus at a distance. No, it, it hasn't done anything for you. It hasn't helped you. It hasn't helped your marriage. It hasn't helped your life because you're too far away from Jesus. And that desire to get close to God simply isn't there. All right. So we've explored a little bit why that happens. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's there are things in my life that I just don't 
want to give up. Uh, let's be explicit here for the next few minutes about the danger. Why is it so dangerous, do you think, to try and follow from a distance? Well, first of all, you're not going to let your light shine as Jesus wants. Um, those who were at, you know, like Joseph of Arimathea, uh, I, I almost guarantee you he was a member of the uh, Sanhedrin that voted to put Jesus to death. And he most likely had a silent voice there. He had a silent vote because he did not want to be exposed to who he was. So when I keep it quiet, okay, people at work, people in the neighborhood, even in my family, I'm not influencing them for Jesus. I'm not letting my light shine as Jesus wants me to do. And that's dangerous. And again, like that phrase, total commitment, there isn't different wattage of light for Jesus. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a 100-watt light bulb. I'm a 350-watt light bulb. I just got mine on just a little bit. I got my dimmer on. No, that doesn't work. Either you're shining for Jesus or you're not. And when we follow Jesus at a distance, what happens is we try to please our friends in the world. We try to keep one foot in the world and one foot in heaven, and that doesn't work. And what happens is we become a person of compromise. We compromise the truth. We compromise our convictions. And that person is the most miserable person in the world because because he's not happy because his friends want him to go farther in the sin, and he has just enough Jesus to know, I can't go all that far, but he's not real comfortable with around the fellowship of God's people because they want to be right next to Jesus, and I don't want to be quite that close. So I'm a man without a country, and what a terrible place it is. Yeah, James describes it as being double-minded, right, and compares it to, okay, I'm like, uh, out here in the middle of all of these waves of the sea, just being driven and tossed by the wind. I, that sure does sound like Peter in Luke chapter 22, where we began, right? Jesus is led further into that palace of the high priest, and here is Peter out in the courtyard. It's a cold night, a fire has been kindled, and the more physical distance there is between Jesus and Peter, well, that, that's one thing, but what really seems to be growing is the, the spiritual distance, right? Where as Peter is there, he is more and more vulnerable. He's not getting stronger out there uh, among these people who aren't sure what to think about Jesus or are ready to crucify him. I mean, it is a servant girl who sees him by the light of this fire and says, this man also was with him. And Peter denies it. I, I don't know him. And a little later, someone else, well, you're, you're one of them. And Peter says, man, I am not. And within about an hour... Luke tells us, Peter has gotten to the point, he says insistently, man, I do not know what you are talking about. He, he's, he's not getting stronger. He's getting weaker. He's getting more vulnerable. He's like an unstable man that is being tossed by these waves of trial. Luke chapter 8 in Jesus' parable of the sower paints a picture of the seed that was sown, started to grow, but was choked out by the worries, the riches, and the pleasures of this life. That is a man who is too far away from God. One of the dangers is you're so far away, you don't really know God. 
and you start saying, well, I think God would like this, I think God would like this, and you have no substance, you have no biblical evidence, because you haven't spent time with the Word. And what happens is you just don't know. Uh, It's like somebody's been dating and dating, but they've never gotten to know this person. And that's what happens when we're too far away from Jesus. We need to be right there. We need to know our God. We need to know what he is like, what he expects of us. And that comes by not following at a distance, not being a secret disciple, but being committed completely to Jesus. All right. So maybe one last question to round all of this off. We've explored why at times it's easy, tempting to follow at a distance, or at least to try, and the danger of trying to do that. All right, we're heading into a new weekend. If I realize, you know, I'm being honest with myself, there's there's some distance here between me and Jesus. Roger, what's a thing or two that I can do this weekend to to shrink that gap? First thing I would say is go to your knees and start praying. Yeah. You need to pray to God, and you, you, you need to confess that you've followed him but so far away that you don't really know him. And you need to pray that the barriers come down and you get to know him and you become close to him. That that begins with a choice and desire. And we're coming to the weekend. You need to get down to the church house. You need to get there early. You need to bring your Bible. You need to worship God. So we sing these hymns. You need to look at those words and, and see, as a man preaches the word of God, you need to open your Bible and follow that and and, and drink deeply into God's word. Uh, around the kitchen table at, at Sunday dinner, you need to you need to take everyone's hands and bow your head and say a prayer among everybody. These may be some big changes for your family, but that's what's taking place because we we have had the TV set on too long and we haven't been paying attention to God. We've done what we wanted to do, not what God wants to do. So we're going to make some changes here, and it begins right now by getting closer to God. It was a big change for Peter. Right. I mean, that night when he realizes, you know, <laughs> another haunting statement, we, we hear that in, in that moment of denial, Jesus and Peter lock eyes from a distance, right? And Peter goes out and weeps bitterly. But how remarkable that within a little over seven weeks, Peter is the one who leads the charge in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, proclaiming the good news of Jesus, saying boldly with confidence, this Jesus whom you crucified is both Lord and Christ. Maybe I've been following at a distance for a good long time, but that doesn't mean that seven, six, four weeks from now, the story could not be dramatically different. And two pages later in Acts 4, no longer is it the servant girl, but it's city officials yeah. that tell Peter, you will not preach Jesus in this city anymore. And Jesus defiantly tells them, we must keep preaching and teaching Jesus. In jail, he gets out of jail, back in jail, he doesn't care because he's now the bold apostle. What's changed is he's gotten right next to Jesus. His commitment has changed, changed his life, and changed what was important to him. No longer is it about safety and status and myself. Now it's about honoring God everywhere that I can. Yeah, I love how that, right there in that description, it was clear to those Jewish authorities 
Peter and John have been with Jesus. That, that's what we're, what we're after, right? It, it wasn't always like that. wasn't always like that, for instance, in Joseph of Arimathea's life. But just because that commitment hasn't been alive in the past doesn't mean that that spark can't begin right here, right now for you, and that you can be committed. You can say assuredly this next week, I am his and he is mine. What a blessing. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound Podcast. Lord willing, we'll come back and we'll have one more 20-minute discussion or so next Friday. But we hope this introductory episode has helped you set your mind on things above, and it's given you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven-bound, and the best is yet to come. <music>